0: We look at our first six months of statistics. The first three months, we weren't even breaking 100 views a month, you know, and downloads a month. And we were just like, what are we doing with our lives? Is no, is There's no one's even listening to us. YouTube, we're getting five views a, a week or, you know, I mean, it was nothing. And it's that that is like the first big hurdle for whatever you're doing, where is this working? Am I, am I going to achieve anything?
1: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Doing the Thing where we help creators and coaches do their work, earn more money, and grow their audiences. On this show, I track my journey in scaling Grindstone, we'll interview creators crushing it in their space, and I'll try desperately to get you to like me. Hopefully you can use some of these insights to build your own thing better and faster. I hope you enjoy. All right, everybody. Well, welcome. This is the Grindstone January Creator Interview. And today we are joined by James and Anthony Devaney, who are, of course, the hosts of Raiders of the Lost podcast, which in my very, very unprofessional opinion, is the best film and TV podcast on the internet. These uh, these are twins from Boston, and they've been making it happen these last several years in Los Angeles. But right now, James is in the UK in the dark and stormy cold winter and uh these guys just a brief intro these guys started the show over lockdown in 2020 and since then a lot has happened but i would say most notably james has been able to quit his full-time job quit his day job and they've been supporting themselves with this podcast ever since i got some questions for you guys and then we're going to open it up to the rest of the people on the call from the grindstone community but first and foremost james anthony uh welcome and thank you for being here thanks for having us The warm welcome wow so flattered (laughs) You better live up to it. So, uh, first and foremost, for anyone who is absolutely unfamiliar, never heard of you guys before, what has happened between lockdown in 2020 and right now? What what is the the briefest of timelines of your guys's content creation career? So, started in
0: June 2020, we sort of had a great opportunity with our our own equipment and gear and in space and we decided to finally start a a podcast and, and film it and make content out of it. We had a plan of using TikTok as a, a marketing tool and that really paid off really well for us quickly. And it took about eighteen months until we were full time on the podcast. It was just sort of one of those things that you talk with your friends about starting something or doing something. We talked about it for a couple of years, then Anthony and I were just like finally locked down. He lost still a lot of his freelance work and we were just like, let's just do it. Let's just start it, see what happens. I was playing around with TikTok and, and making short form content and I had a vision of how we'd market it and then we kind of just created the podcast and just out of nowhere, just like within six months, we were just doing really well with it.
1: Yeah. Great summary. Yeah. <laughs> and can you guys tell me, so one of the... Yeah. In entrepreneurship and creation in general, I think one of the main themes, one of the main patterns that we see is people creating something that they wish existed for themselves. The pain that they have or a desire that they have that they're like, well, this doesn't seem to exist in exactly the way that I want it to exist. Why don't I be the one who creates this? And I'd be curious to know when you guys started, what was the specific pain that you guys had? And you were like, well, let's just alleviate this ourselves. Let's bring something into the world that we would want.
0: It's funny you say that. That was the main motivation. I tried to get into film podcasts that were already popular in 2019, in early 2020, didn't like them very much. And they didn't seem to really know much about cinema or respect cinemas, mostly nitpicking, bashing movies that we loved. And because of that, we basically said we could do better than them. Why not? just try it out. And I know that since we're passionate about film, um, that would resonate in a way. So we were like, we can do it better than those guys. Let's give it a shot and see what happens. And it did resonate.
1: And who were the specific names? I want names, <laughs> Anthony. Uh, of... No, we're not dropping names, but...
0: One of them was very... It was, episode very on, it was an episode on Gladiator. That was the main motivator. Anthony came home. He's like, I hey, listened to this episode on Gladiator. They were tearing it apart. These people have never been on a movie set before. Let's just start a podcast. We did it out of anger. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, how can, you, how can you nitpick Gladiator? Come on. movie. <laughs> That was and Anthony I have a huge background in cinema and film, and we, we have uh, 10 years previous to working in production, doing freelance stuff, video production, editing. So we knew what we were doing. And what really what set us apart so early on was our editing and our and our just quality of content, and that just took us to the next level
1: really quickly. Totally. And so you just shared that you built this podcast based on rage. So this has been entirely <laughs> built on the fury that you both have felt and the fire and the fire. Fueled by rage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, but you just brought up something I think that's so deeply important, especially within our community here at Grindstone. We have a lot of people in the community who have day jobs and are pursuing the. I are either super open about saying these words or maybe in the doghouse about saying something because it feels cheesy or something like it's pursuing this dream of being a full time content creator and, and doing what you guys have been able to do, which is support yourself entirely from your own creation, not looking up to a boss, not, not, having an employer, being as free as you can be. And I wanted to bring up what you just said, James, which is, and I don't mean this in any sort of insulting way or to take away from the very, very hard work you guys have done, but we all start with unfair advantages. Fair advantages, unfair advantages. And you guys have, I would say, in in the main broad story, there's two that comes to mind for me, which is one, a, a, a vast knowledge and experience and years spent in film and editing and working with hardware knowing how to put a set together, knowing how to work at a camera, you happen to have that experience, which is really, really helpful with what you guys create. And then two, you have each other. You have another human being to help balance off the the editing, the work, right? James is uh, in those 18 months of you, James at at your day job, it's like you're you're there and then Anthony's at home putting in the hours and then you get to come back and, and, and join him. And so I would be curious to know what comes up for you guys if someone does not have a twin or a partner in crime to help them with the content that they're creating and if they don't have years of experience with all the, the tech or the, the ins and outs that goes into creating content, say someone does not have an unfair advantage but they do have a day job and they do have this dream of being a content creator, what do you think are the most important things that that person needs to hear?
0: Motivation I say- and discipline. I mean, you know making content it's it's you know it's a skill for sure but it, it, we live in a world where you can learn anything so quickly especially something like editing videos shooting videos youtube tutorials you can learn so much audio editing how to record audio how to build a studio how to build all that you we have a wealth of information that we all have access to so if you're disciplined and motivated enough to learn you'll find that information pretty quickly and and then it just comes down to consistency and if you're new to using cameras practicing and And just taking the time to get to know how to use equipment and gear and then kind of just figuring out what works best for you. But it's really just all comes down to motivation, I think, and discipline, no matter what you're doing. And then on top of that, sacrificing and allocating your time properly, especially if you have a day job where you do only have a certain amount of free time during the day. You get home at maybe four or five. You'll have like six or seven hours until you're going to bed. And Are you going to choose to binge watch the new show on Netflix or are you going to work on what you're passionate about and what you want to try to achieve? And it's important to allocate that time properly to be more responsible and accountable for how you're spending your free time. And if you're going taking on a big project, you really have to put that time in every day, at least a couple hours. And it's really just baby steps. It could be one hour a day, two hours a day. But if you stick with it, you will be able to pull some stuff off and It's a matter of, like you said, consistency and sticking with it for a long period of time. Because no matter what kind of job you have, if you're working 40, 50 hours a week, you do have some free time, even on the weekends. And it's a matter of sacrificing the present for the future. When we started the podcast, the first year was basically nonstop. I was doing... We didn't have lives that first year, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and and also we were bleeding money. So sacrificing your by investing. And um, if you believe in what you're doing and if you're passionate about it and you stick with it, it, something can come from it but it's a matter of really committing to that and being able to be like i'm going to sacrifice this time the short i could use it for short-term pleasure i could watch a movie or go out with friends or go out drinking or or watch stranger things again or i could you know spend two hours just really grinding every day and see what comes of it
1: yeah and in that season in the those beginning days like what i think we would all consider consider the grind. I think there's many different ways to to paint that that picture. What was the hardest aspect of that? Right. You guys strike me as insanely hardworking individuals who the way you talk about it, it's as though there was never even an option or a thought of we're gonna give up or yeah, if that you guys were ever going to give up. But I would be curious to know what were the most difficult moments that pushed you closest to any sort of idea of uh, maybe we should just give this thing up?
0: I would say, you know, we hit hard on TikTok. We were going viral on TikTok pretty quickly within a couple of weeks. And the podcast was not going viral at all. We weren't getting that many views and it took. I mean, if we look at our first six months of statistics, the first three months, we weren't even breaking 100 views a month, you know, and downloads a month. And we were just like, what are we doing with our lives? No, is there, no one's even listening to us. YouTube, we're getting five views a, a week or, you know, I mean, it was nothing. And it's that, that is like the first big hurdle for whatever you're doing, where is this working? Am I, am I going to achieve anything? And you really, we really just motivated each other. And I motiva- motivated us in the way of, you know, TikTok's going to be our marketing thing. And Anthony's like, let's keep going. We have some more episodes. We, he's coming up with ideas for episodes. So we, we both motivated each other different ways. But personally for me, in addition to that, I was full time. I was a nine to fiver. And so I'd be waking up early to do content creation or do some work and then go to work and then go to the gym for an hour, hopefully, and then come home and work on the podcast and weekends working on the podcast. So I felt like I was pulling like hundred hour weeks and it was, it, it was wearing me down eventually. But once we started finding success, it was totally worth it. And then we started getting good numbers and good downloads and we're hitting people all over the world, then it's like, that's the motivation. That's what fuels the fire that keeps adding wood to it. And it got us going even more and more until 2021 when we both became full time. And even on top of that, there's the, the, the risk assessment of we're putting money into this, we're putting a few thousand a month into it, uh, investing. So we're losing money, not getting any views. And on top of that, it was lockdown. I didn't know what I was going to do for a job. I had some savings and I got some money from the government uh, for a month each month but that was going to run up in six months. So there's that risk of do I stick with this and let my bank account dwindle because I believe in it? Or do I try and find a new job and focus on that and just try to maintain my presence as like, a, a, a citizen who has a good stay job and more planned out future? And I decided like, <clears throat> as as risky as it was, it, it seemed to be like there could be a big payoff here. And so I didn't try to find another job. I stuck with The little money I was getting from the government and just grinding and sticking with the podcast, even though we were investing so much and losing money, eventually it did turn around. But if I had panicked and let that anxiety and fear take me over, I probably would have been like, this might not be a good idea. I should get a new job and focus on that rather than this podcast idea. So uh, fear is a strong emotion. It's probably the strongest emotion that we face on a daily basis. And so I've, I've discovered through this and other things in the past to not let fear uh, motivate you, not let fear make your decisions for you. Um, and I was passionate about the podcast. I enjoyed doing it. And I really did see uh, there was a room for growth for us to find space in that industry. And so we stuck with it.
1: Wow. Uh, goosebumps. Really, really cool. And a few things came up for me as you guys were going through that last round, which one thing, and I, I've I've interviewed a lot of, very successful creators. I've, I've had so many calls with creators of all different levels, just starting out, thinking about starting, creating content. People have been doing it for a while and haven't quite yet seen the success that they they want. Maybe you guys could put this into different words, but what I have seen, and I felt myself, of course, is this beginning stage where you have to create content as though you have an audience of 100,000 people. You have to be as consistent, as high-quality like you have to create as though you have already made it, because that is what people will tune in if it's good and it's it is worth their time. So you have to create as though you have a hundred thousand people in your audience when you have three, and that that is this like humbling, painful. What you guys mentioned, like, is this like, are we wasting our time? And that that was the the second thing I have had lots of calls, especially you know, getting people into Grindstone or talking about Grindstone or just just jamming on content creation, and. I'm always curious, right? As my background as a coach is like, what's the main fear here? Right. Anthony's talking about fear as a very powerful emotion. It absolutely is. And I think the surface level fear is like, well, what if it, my channel doesn't take off? And you know, what if I don't, what if I embarrass myself online? And if you guys disagree, I mean, please, please tell me. But what I have seen, I think deeper than any of all of this, is an aspiring content creator. The biggest fear is that they're wasting their time. And this thing that they're working very hard at and and care so deeply about is just it's just a waste of time and it's not going to work out and they would probably be better off just going on LinkedIn and finding some other day job or just like calling it curtains and that's big that's really powerful am I wasting precious hours of my time pursuing this thing good evening ladies and gentlemen this show has no ads no sponsorships so, my one request is if you're enjoying it, if you're getting value from it in some way, give it five stars wherever you're listening. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, MySpace, who cares? Rate it, review it, and it will make me less insecure and help the show reach more creators and coaches so they can start doing as well as you are. Please and thank you, and let's get back to the show. And so you, you mentioned TikTok throughout this thing. That's how we're going to market ourselves very early on. Doing well on TikTok Not so much on the podcast at the very beginning. And I know you guys are obviously on Twitter or X, you're on Instagram, you're on multiple different platforms. And so I would be curious to know, how do you juggle all that? And in particular, if you do at all, how do you treat each platform differently as you are consistently uploading things?
0: Well, if each really platform is a good
1: question. They have different uses for
0: us. Instagram is um, our platform for connecting to our biggest fans. We'll have DM conversations with them. Those are the people that really tune into you on a regular basis, whereas TikTok is more of a tool of trying to just throw our content out there and seeing what sticks and seeing, hey, maybe we can find new people who are interested in film. And maybe they'll click one of our links at the b- top of the bio. So those two apps served every, very different purposes for us. And I mean, we take Instagram very seriously when it comes to graphics. So every day we post a graphic of whatever episode went up, and then same thing with YouTube. They get very specific graphics. And Twitter, we kind of just try to stand out, and we pay for Twitter, even though people say that's a silly thing to do. But I mean, we're the digital business; it's silly not to pay for Twitter, in my opinion, because um, you just get better exposure. But we we approach every app; those four apps very seriously. We started approaching Facebook more seriously this year too, but. Instagram is, like Anthony said, really great for feedback and c- connecting with the fans, but also letting them know the new content that's out. That's the best place to see what's what's happening that week. And the balancing yeah. is always an issue. It's something we've gotten much better at the first couple of years, especially the first year. Um, it's hard to say no to so much validation and so much attention when you make a clip and it gets 5 million views, like you're constantly looking at it and interacting. And it's, it's very alluring to get that kind of attention and validation. And it's hard to say no to that. Um, but it also it's hard to get t- off TikTok. Yeah, it consumes your time too because there's so many comments and there's so many interactions to make. So it's a it's a daily um, w- you're working on a daily how to balance everything because there's a lot of social media, there's a lot of content posting. But I think both of I, you and I, have both found a new balance with work life and personal life. And honestly, the biggest thing for me is to not use my phone as much and to try and keep it in a different room and to not try to respond to everything on a regular basis, but to respond to things and interact with listeners and fans um, only a few times a day, like lotting up sections of the day to really, I'm going to, okay, for the next 20 minutes, I'm going to do all the YouTube comments and all the TikTok comments and I'll get those out of the way rather than throughout the day constantly
1: doing it. Yeah. And that's going to be my next question. I think you guys are masters at connecting and communicating with your audience. But you just brought up something I wanted to ask you real quick about, which is if you were, coaching say or consulting a beginner creator and they're in their first year and they're just trying to go from zero to one would you recommend that they publish on multiple platforms for broader exposure or would you vie for a single platform or you know doing less at a much higher quality and a much higher level of focus what, what, what's the dichotomy there for you guys
0: I would I would suggest if you're starting out, hit a couple platforms for sure. But also what I would do is I would bulk edit and bulk create content before you even get going. And within like create a month's worth of content before you post a thing so that you have a catalog, a schedule to work with so that you don't just like post for three days and then give up. A lot of people give up within a week when they're posting content and stuff like that. So I think you set yourself up for success and mental success if you bulk edit, bulk prepare for an entire month's worth of content so that one piece of content a day for 30 days straight, you're not too worried about, oh my God, I got to get a clip up tomorrow. I got to get something up tomorrow. It just takes that burden off you. And obviously it's like putting fishing rods in the sea, but the more rods you put out there, the more likely you're going to catch a fish. And for social media apps, TikTok and Instagram are the two most important. So I would say definitely, if you're going to start with two, start with those two.
1: What are the most important and valuable mistakes that you guys have made on your content creation journey thus far.
0: I think something that we so something we changed probably last year was our podcast didn't have a cohesive color palette or theme. Um, so when you saw our episodes on Spotify or I, iTunes, it didn't. It was a different image uh, as well as on Instagram. So then we decided let's have a cohesive theme that is constantly present every time someone sees us, especially on Spotify. Uh, color c- color coordination that catches the eye and makes us instantly recognizable as well as a strong logo. Uh, we, we struggled with the logo for the first year or so. We did an Indiana Jones ripoff and so that made people think we were an Indiana Jones podcast. <laughs> and so modernizing the logo and having a consistent look to our show, I think helps people recognize us within a moment when they see us on platforms. and I would say getting stagnant, getting comfortable and not pushing new things, not being creative enough. You know, we sometimes you get comfortable with the content and you're not pushing boundaries, you're not adapting, you're not changing to what could perform better and, you know, you get in sort of just a, a rhythm. But we've always found that changing things up, whether it's like yeah, they said, changing up logos, changing up the style of the videos, posting more videos, posting le- less videos, just kind of experimenting and not being afraid to take chances of what could work and what wouldn't work as well as not being afraid to change up the show in general, in the podcast, you know, we, 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 the format we have now, we, we've created it after, from a lot of, you know, trial and error. And I think what we have with, what we're working with on our daily episodes is really great, but it's not what it was from the beginning. But, you know, like I think we got comfortable with the format, but that was a mistake. And then eventually we are where we are now. We're very engaging in every episode. and I think that's why people really love listening to us every day and it helped the content better too. So, not being afraid to change, definitely. Not being afraid to adapt. You know, we also we we um something we struggled. With, we we would pick and choose which app we like best. So for a long time, we focused primarily on YouTube was the way forward. YouTube, 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 and we kind of put audio a little bit in the background to YouTube, and then we realized you know we should really be putting as much effort into how this podcast feels audio wise as it does visually on YouTube. And so from then on, now we have like we have as much YouTube and Spotify and Apple, they hold the equal amount of importance to us. Whereas before the first year and a half or so, we would just pick a favorite. And that was definitely a mistake. i just trying to gear the podcast towards YouTube because it's famous for having, you know, the growth isn't potential is massive, the money's massive. But then we realized, you know, this is a podcast. We should be gearing it to the audio listeners just as much as the YouTube watchers.
1: Yeah. And that highlights a really great point. Um, Steph Smith said this in her book, Doing Content Right. And she highlights what you just highlighted, which is, you know, YouTube, for example. I think every creator here on this call, like right now, is a YouTuber. It's very popular. It's a very, very fun outlet. And people crushing it on YouTube, it's it's I think there's a there's a specific it sounds like I'm bashing it. Like it's a I love it. I love YouTube. I think it's beautiful. Like what a what a lovely pursuit. I think because you can see it. You can see it. It's a very popular sort of but it's just like people ask, like, what's, the, what's the best platform to create on? It's like, well, it completely depends on what you're creating and who it's for. Maybe LinkedIn is the best place for you to upload your content. It could be. I have no idea. Maybe it's Myspace. I, you, know, you just mentioned engagement. We've talked about building an audience. I've said it in the past. I think you guys are gurus when it comes to genuinely staying connected. Like, You guys have built friendships on the internet with people who just were fans of your show. And like I reached out to you guys a year or two ago because I I was a fan of the show, and now we're enemies. Look at us. And (laughs) how do you guys stay connected with your audience? And how has that changed over time? Uh, We uh, try to
0: we try to get them to engage with us in many ways. Uh, We found that the first of all, the most important way was Instagram DMs. We reply to every message we get sent. And then through Patreon and Discord, we're able to actually hang out with them virtually. So we, we started out doing Skype calls, <laughs> Zoom calls with our patrons. And we just do just like this kind of format, like 30 of us chatting. And then someone got the idea of like, why don't we just watch a movie? We're like, that makes more sense. So now uh, we do a bi-monthly watch party with our patrons on Discord. And the Discord is a great tool for this community to constantly communicate with each other. Like their friendships were found people like found their tribe in the discord of our server and being able to communicate with them um, on a daily basis and doing the calls really helps engage us with them and helps form those
1: bonds even tight and even stronger. Then I will be messaging you guys on Instagram every single day. Uh, We can say when we respond. (laughs) (laughs) Or how you respond. Maybe respond by reporting me and blocking me on all platforms. (laughs) (laughs) Harassment.